those that are lurking and listening here in the adult section of what I refer to as the dirty little secrets of the human library, you're going to quickly discover that this is not the children's section. Titles belong to the authors, but their secrets will now belong to you. Today, that story is my friend, Jessica Sial. She's the owner. She's the operator of The Nut here in Maple Ridge, B.C. It's not a quick read, not an easy read. Substance, death. And now, Jessica, we finally connected. We did. Can you hear me, Paul? I can hear you perfectly well. Wonderful. Good old laptop. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> oh, what could we, what would we do without all this modern mechanization? I know it does leave things very interesting. That's for sure. <laughs> Listen, Jessica, let's just launch right into this. I told you uh, that I only asked really two questions to start. If your life up to this point was a book, what would the title be? Um, so I thought about this a lot today, and I've been thinking about it for over a week. And I ended up having to call some friends and get their input because I just felt like I was coming up with these terrible names <laughs> that just weren't really that indicative of my life. And it's uh, helpful to just have someone else's perspective. So what we came up with was survive or thrive. Ooh, I like that. I like that because there's a lot of people out there that are surviving, but no idea how to thrive. I think that's true. I think that's true for <laughs> a lot of us. Well, listen, sort of second question, which leads us into the whole volume of this book about you is what, in your opinion, are the must read chapters for those of us that are lurking and listening and looking through the pages? So um, I think just the one for me right now, and I had a few names for it, but this act, like just while I was waiting for you or figuring this out, I came out with the perfect name, which is the perfect storm. Ooh, mm -hmm. do tell on how a perfect storm. Mm -hmm. Um, oh my gosh. I mean, the perfect storm, the chapter essentially would be about how the culminating moments that have happened in my life that have brought me to where I am now and the changes that had to happen for us to come from Toronto, Ontario, to the lives that we live, to the decision that we had made to move to Maple Ridge, BC, and now be owners of the nut. Um, mm. And that sort of, that decision, the moment of the decision would probably be, probably just before the decision would be the beginning of that chapter. And I'd say we're probably, up until about a couple months ago, would still be in that chapter. So, so my understanding is you used to work on Bay Street in Toronto. I did. Yeah. I worked at a, at a financial firm. I wasn't in a financial background, but I worked in a real estate firm uh, that worked in the private equity side. And, uh, and I had a, a position that focused on HR and operations and corporate affairs. Um, I had been in a corporate position for over 12 years. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, that was my, I had a very good plan and an outline that I was working towards and had no real idea that it that was going to change up until the moment that I knew that I had to. Well, I was telling somebody today, cause they were asking me, you know, they said, Oh, you're recording a podcast today. I said, yeah. And they asked me about it. And I said, they said, how would you describe this person? I said, well, I'd probably say something like she was the Baroness on Bay street moves to barista in BC, you know, I mean, that's, and he said, 
whoa, how do you go from that to here? And I said, you have to tune into the podcast and find out how she did that. I think you should title my book. You seem to do a much better job at it than me. Well, no, but let's, I, well, I mean, you know, I, I love that title about, uh, you know, you can either survive or thrive and you're, you know, and I think that's also a process, but how do you, I mean, what brings somebody to, uh, to, uh, you know, okay, I've, I've got this plan. I've got, I mean, surely you were making a lot more secure money on Bay street than to, you know, just up and travel with your husband to, you know, Maple Ridge, BC. <laughs> yes, definitely. It really doesn't make much sense logically, I would say. Um, yeah, it was a series of events. I mean, to I, I, I've been trying to think about even myself, just what led us to this moment. And it was a, it was a bunch of very small decisions. But um, in 2018, I got pregnant and uh, and I was working in my position. And I was um, deciding how I was going to take my maternity leave. And I took a, a working maternity leave because the position I was in was one where I was making a lot of key decisions and I was a, an act, I had an active role in the day-to-day -day workings of the firm. And um, I had support in the office, but I essentially didn't stop working. And I think the combination of that decision, having a baby, and then a few months later, COVID hitting and the world shutting down in Toronto to a degree where we weren't allowed to even leave our homes at times, Mm -hmm. um, and see anybody and have any help. And my husband was working, you know, every day a trucking business he, that he owned and he ran. And I was home alone with my child and trying to work and manage everything. I, I don't know what happened in those days, but something shifted. And mm. I believe that COVID brought clarity that I would have never received or had. It caused me to pause. It stopped things in the world that I had never occurred to me to stop and, and just allowed me to ask myself some questions. And I remember we had a pros and cons list on our, on our chalkboard in our kitchen for a long time once we started to ponder the idea. And it was just like, I just spit it out one day. And my husband was like, what? And I was like, I know it sounds crazy, but like, what are we doing here? You know, what are we doing here? And that was kind of the question, like, mm. what's the point of all of this? Like, you know, and uh, we just had realized that what we were living and what we wanted were just so different. And we had had all the money we could possibly need. You know, we were comfortable. Right. And I worked really hard to build that. And it was like, well, but now, like, but we're not very happy when you take away the day-to-day -day structure that existed that, I, that required me to get up and function. I just realized there wasn't really that much in my day that fulfilled me if I wasn't just going to my job. And I couldn't just go to my job every day. There had to be more to life than just that. And um, yeah, it was just a series of discussions and conversations. And I think COVID brought on that question of like, but why not? Like, why not now? Um, See, sometimes I, I think like when I hear your story, I mean, it's like, wow. This is like, I, I think your story really is, you know, being, is being repeated in, in people all over the world, you know, that it's just COVID. It's almost, I say to some people, sometimes I think COVID was sent to us by the universe on purpose to us to slam hit the reset button and start asking ourselves these questions. Like, why am I doing what I'm doing? Why are you? You know, like, why, why am I in 
why are we in Toronto? You know, do we really want to be in Toronto? What, you know, and, and as I'm listening to you, it's like, whoa, this is absolutely, absolutely what I think the purpose of COVID is. You know, I mean, I, I feel bad for the people who got sick and died and all those things. But people like yourself, you used it to step back, you know, yeah. and take a good hard look and go, OK, if we're going to make a comeback, how are we going to do this comeback? Is it going to be same old, same old? But I, but what I hear you saying is, no, no, I'm done with same old, same old. Oh, there was no I, way. There was no way. I was like, I'm not, like, I cannot. Like, there was something physically inside of me that was like, we cannot. Like, mm-hmm. once we stopped and I looked around and the dust settled and COVID was still going, there were some p- components of it. Paul, that I think are really important is that when we, once we had our daughter and she was, you know, six months old as COVID ramped up, the question really was how long is this going to last and what's the impact going to be on her development as a child? And we had Mm. friends out in BC that we had known. My husband lived out here back in early 2000s and I, I had come out here as well and, and had always, we had always planned to retire here once she was older. So this has always been a landing place for us, but we just assumed we'd do it later. And we just looked at each other and they were like, you know, you guys were playing baseball and you guys were hiking and you guys were doing things. We were locked in our homes and couldn't go to the park. And so I just said to him, like, this is going to be years. And this is the most important developmental years of her life and no money in the world and no career and no nothing is worth that. So why don't we go now? And like, uh, one of the uh, things that I've I've begun to to tell, for some reason, I cross paths with tons of young people, you know, and (laughs) I mean, when I tell them, I, you know, I'm 63, you know, I always love it because they're like, well, as an older person, (laughs) which I just love when they say that, you know, what would you, you know, do you have advice? Do you have, I'm just sort of starting. I said, figure out what you don't want to do in life and then go from there. You know, because I said, that's that's what happens. I said to most of us when we hit our 40s or 50s, you know, we sort of, you know, I don't even like doing what I'm doing. Why am I doing this? You know, I said, far better for you to do that earlier in your career. Trust me you know, and make those decisions. But I think that's what, you know, basically what you're saying is like, you know, you're doing the whole reset. It's been an unraveling of looking at your whole life. And I think that takes courage. I honestly do. And then a vulnerability between you and your husband. Thanks. Yeah. I mean, the truth is, is that when I was up until the point of COVID and having a a daughter, I loved my job. Like Mm -hmm. I loved what I did. I had a fantastic job. I felt it was very fulfilling. I had built a role that serviced everything that I was looking for. But the truth was that it was always financially driven first. The value Mm -hmm. system was rooted in a financial security over anything else. And, And that was as a result of you know, always being on my own and and uh, having to be sustainable and just really take care of everything and not having anyone to fall back on. And and just also just being in the Toronto lifestyle and the culture mm-hmm. and being around yeah. that, it's a very different pace. And and so for me, it was sort of like when COVID and hit and I was sitting with myself, I was just like, so like, this has been great, but how am I going to put all these pieces back together with the landscape of the world? Like, how am I going to be a mom, mm. this job, feel fulfilled, have the capacity and like, what's the impact going to be on my kid? And then I'm going to go back to work and then what? And I just, I couldn't, I couldn't go back. And I, it was almost like once you make the decision, like you can't turn around 
It's exactly. like, burn. and I, it was an, it, it actually remember looking at Jason and being like, it's not an option. Like he was like, but we don't have to go. And I'm like, I actually don't think that I can't not go now. Like we have to. And, um, yeah, how so I would love to have, how I would love to have been there when you were saying this and to watch Jason's face is like oh my god what I think he was excited and terrified because I think he'd always wanted to and it wasn't as simple for him I I don't have as much family you know he had he had close mm -hmm. his mom his grandmother and it was you know there was impacts to our decision but it happened quite quick it was a you know we made the decision in August late July of 2000 and 20 and you know by the september long weekend our house was sold cool. in toronto and the following weekend we bought a home on facetime in maple ridge and oh my we god we're <laughs> in physical form in maple ridge by october 16th oh my gosh i mean i know people listening to this they're going how 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 did you do this you know i mean you the fact that <laughs> yeah, I, I. You know what? It's absolutely true. When I I was in Toronto, and I decided I made a decision, I I'm going to move. You know, I would be flying back and forth doing business here in BC, and every time I'd come here, it'd be like, I don't know, feels like home to me. Like I feel like I'm supposed to be here. I I and like you, it was like I don't have to move. I don't have to change anything in my life. But it was the other part of me saying, Yeah, you do. Yeah. You really do. And, and, you know, people say to me, you know, do you regret? I said, no, you know, I said, but like you, I did. I, I read this thing about the Roman uh, soldiers that when they would go to uh, invade a country, when they landed on the shores, they burned the boats. They mm -hmm. burned their boats mm -hmm. so they so they could never go back. There is no turning back. We burned the boats. We can't go back to Rome. We're here. So we either, like you say, you know, uh, survive or we're going to thrive, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. But I think, I think I hear what also you're saying is, you know, like the whole thriving part, you know, I mean, that's, that's part of the adventure. That's part of the, you know, you didn't land in Maple Ridge and go, oh, wow, we've hit the top, you know? I mean, it's like open a business and, whoa, look at the customers lined up. They've been waiting for us. Yeah, no, I had no plans of what I was going to do when we got here. I'll tell you that. Oh, but, really? So you didn't, oh, you no. didn't plan. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, no. <laughs> no, I landed here and worked for eight more months for the firm. Um, everyone was online anyway. So I supported the, the time zones difference and did my best. And it was a process of, I'd been there for a long time. And so, you know, everyone was online anyway. And so I was working from here and uh, I think sometime in May of 2021, did I officially end up a firm? Um, and so I believe it was around Christmas of the year that we got here in 2020 that I, we had been here for a few months and I was like, you know, I love it here. This is great. There's so many things I was happy about, but I was like, there is just something missing. Like I used to mm. walk out my door or go from for work. Uh, during work for lunch to grab like a fresh pressed juice or a nice coffee or you know walk yep. down the street get a salad and i was just like you know i didn't really understand and and i said to jason like if i want to have that i gotta drive 30 minutes and like there were some great places in maple ridge but there's just something missing and so we just yep. had this conversation and he said well you should create it and i'm like that's crazy I'm like what do you <laughs> mean and he was like well open it and i'm like what 
and my plan had been to take a few months off, maybe the summer. Yeah. At, at that point, from May to September, when it was when my contract was over, and then you know get an in-house job in HR, you know, at a feel-good sure. firm that's going to be doing something for the right reasons, not for money, um, and sort of make the decisions from my heart and not from my head, just because I would had the freedom to. And um, the truth was, is he just got. He was like, "Well, this is the time to dream," and I was like, mm. "Okay." And so we did the research and every, you know, every time I asked the question and had a conversation that led me to another place and I had no plan and the nut has been created out of the universe providing moments and opportunities and moments and opportunities to the point where we, I signed a lease and was like, well, shoot, I still don't really know what I'm doing. And then I designed the, like, that's a whole story amongst itself. There was just, there was just no plan, not much of a budget, not much of anything. We just, I, I, just I know some people that will be listening to this and they say, they'd be like, how did she sleep at night? I couldn't. Oh my God. It's like, you know, I mean, I, 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 because I think honestly, Jessica, we're so, we've been so trained and geared that we have to know every step, the next step. And, you know, and life's not like that. Life's messy. I was tired know? of something like that, Paul. And I think that's what COVID gave me was the freedom to dream and take risks that I, cause it was like, well, so what? Like if it all gets ruined, like I can just go back to another job that was similar to what I was doing. I'm very employable. And mm -hmm. we, you know, we made a move that was financially helpful. So it was like, well, why not? Like, I mean, what do we have to lose really? COVID was pretty rough. I can't oh. get much worse than that. <laughs> like, well, I Exactly. It's like, well, and going back to when I moved here, it, I, the more you tell your story, it's like, oh my God, we're like on these similar paths. Mm -hmm. I didn't have a job. Like I didn't have, you know, I had somebody saying, if you come out here, I'll hire you. So it's like, okay, I'll do it. So when I said, I'm leaving, people were like, what are you going to do? I said, oh, I got a phone number and I'll phone them. And, and, and within a few months, I had a job, you know? Yeah. But it was like I was willing to take the risk. There's a it's 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 risk taking, you know, mm -hmm. and that's not easy for some people. Uh, and, and I think when I listen to what you were living in, it's like, wow, you know, that this is a, a huge risk versus. Oh. <laughs> yes, my life had no risks. I had a five year plan laid out from the firm. I had everything planned. You know, it was very comfortable. There's nothing wrong with what I was doing. I, you know, I had a great life. The people I worked with were amazing. I was able to mm -hmm. develop so much stuff at the company I was at. Like I had so much gratitude for it all, but they just something flipped inside of me. And I was just like, what are we, what am I doing? Like, you know, and, and I think it goes back to a long time ago. I, I haven't thought about that moment in a while, but um, I was working at a startup firm, my first, my first real job. And I was like in office management, HR stuff. And I was mm -hmm. working, also helping with this like nonprofit and, and uh, the nonprofit had offered me like an executive director position, my background sociology and, and social work and stuff. And, and they were like, uh, but we don't know when the funding's coming. And like, I had rent to pay <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> well, I like, can't really leave my job without secure funding. They're like, well, we don't know when it's coming. Could be two months, could be six months. And I'm like, well, we could wait a bit, but if it's not going to be here soon, like I can't do it. And I missed out and I didn't get mm -hmm. to take that job. And I think that was a decision. I remember making the decision, like I'm, I'm going to do this for a while and I'm going to see right. how this goes and I'll fulfill my social component in a different way. My giving back to the community, my, mm -hmm. and, um, and I kind of, 
built that into the role that I had. But I think that was the decision. That was the point when I made the decision to to move from my head out of my heart. And mm. and I just kind of I think I kind of got lost a little bit after the 15 years and, and just sort yep. of woke up in COVID and was like, well, wait a minute, I don't want to live another 15 like this. Like this is my chance yep. to maybe do it differently. Um, I, I remember uh, recently I heard uh, one of my favorite speakers is Brene Brown. And <laughs> she talked about the fact that she, came, you know, she said you, you come to a point in your life and she came to a point in her life. It's like the, the universe um, grabbed her by the shoulders, shook her and said, you don't have the time you think you have mm -hmm. to accomplish what you really are here to do. And she said it was just that, you know, like some people call it, you know, I've had people say to me, oh, well, you went through, you know, like, uh, you know, you had a breakdown. Or you had, I said, no, I had an unraveling mm. because I began to look at my life and it's just like, okay, I need to, and it wasn't that it was unraveled and out of my control. I was unraveling. And it sounds like that's what you were doing. You, yeah. you know, were yeah. like unraveling going, yeah, do I want this? Mm, let's put this on over here. And then, you know, because I think, deep down the truth of the whole matter is and this is what i've learned out of COVID as well is we're here on this planet to help people to help somebody to do something for somebody else it's not to gain all this wealth you know brag about my huge home and you know here's the car the the cottage the you know yeah because because people are discovering that it ain't worth it i mean i think the kids that you know grew up with parents you know like i mean it, uh, we called it the american dream you know and they said eh, i don't want that because the american dream my parents were going after is the american nightmare because what we got out of it is divorce stress and pressure over being you know mortgage payments and dad can't and mom can't be with this because they all got to work and they all, all got to do this because we got to pay for the cottage you got to pay for the vacations and now the kids are like I don't want any of that. I don't know what I want, but I don't want that. You know? Totally. Totally. And, and, I, and yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I think what you said about, you know, doing something meaningful and helping others is just like the, like I had said, part of what I felt like I was getting was I created a role where my point was to, to create atmosphere and culture and impact the community of the, the organization I was working with, like the firm and, and, mm -hmm. and, our, and our clients and, and just make decisions. But at the end of the day, when I sort of took all that away and I was sitting with myself and thinking like what Jason said, open this place. And I was just like, you know, I had no idea what we were going to serve and I didn't really know what was going to be inside, but I could see what I wanted to do. And I wanted mm. to bring together and I wanted to create a place that people wanted to come and uh I was like who's got what that we can use to create this like how can we work wow. together and so I sort of just started with well we need good coffee and so you know I've and then, definitely and then if you <laughs> are a you need good coffee to start the day and you have great coffee because you, you serve I love JJ Bean oh Yes, yeah. that was that was the easy part, I think. And then after that, it was like, well, I started looking for I was like selling stuff online and, and doing so because we'd moved and we had all this, you know, stuff. And I and I realized that like in Toronto, you don't see like your bracelet maker, your candle maker, your cookie baker mm. on Facebook selling their products. Well, in right. what did you do? And I was <laughs> like, what is all of this? Like this woman makes these, you know, this beautiful artisan stuff. And I'm just like, what's going on here? And 
And then I had a friend at the time actually who was really interested in nutrition and and she was interested in being a chef and a personal trainer and she didn't really know what she wanted to do and she would had talked about like cooking and i was like mm-hmm. why don't you be the chef for the nut like i'll create this place and you can be the chef and you make the food and decide if you want to do this and if you don't then i'll just find other vendors like it's not a big deal there's tons of people in bc who are creating like i'm sure i'll find someone who wants to fill out fulfill their passion and they can come into the nut and do it there and I was just like, I can showcase and harness everybody and pull them into one place and help them because the Mm -hmm. business is easy for me. I don't make anything. And that's how it started. And I started just having conversations and picking products that I loved and they were all local. And then as I met more people, they introduced me to more people. And I realized the community was so much vaster than I could even handle. And I was like, we're not even going to have enough space for all the stuff that we could find. (laughs) And that's kind of how it started. And our whole entire lineup has become, you know, a process of the universe brings me someone else who brings us a new vendor who ends up being a local maker. And I don't really seek anybody out ever. I just wait for them to show up in our life. And, um, and that's my, that's the purpose that I get in terms of giving back. Like when I meet someone mm-hmm. who says to me, I make this thing and I'm like, well, you should put it here at the nut. And they're like, what? Like me? And I'm like, yeah, you put it there. And I just recreate for them what happened for me. And I just right. offer it. And then when I get to see them fulfill on something, you know, or someone came in the other day and fell in love with the product we have on our local shelf that a woman makes, and she just makes it in her, she makes it in her workshop at home. It's just like a side project. And the woman okay. is from Ireland, and she's like, I want this thing, and I want it like this. And do you think you could get it for me? And I'm like, Well, call the woman. She's probably at home. She's in her workshop, and she can make it for you. And and that was like. And the woman came in today who's maker and it's like, I couldn't believe this woman from Ireland wanted to buy my, like this, this board that I had made. And it was just, I got full body goosebumps because that's what this wow. is about. And you know, the stories that I could tell about, like someone comes in and it's like, oh my God, my cousin makes those birthday cards that you have. Or my, you know, my neighbor is yep. the one who makes those products on the shelf. I walk here every day and get my coffee. I had no idea you had her stuff. And and then it gets smaller and we feel purposeful and we are giving back and there's something more happening than just I go to the shop, I buy my muffin, I drink my coffee and I have a mm-hmm. day. Like there's just it's just about so much more than that. And that's why and, and, I to create. Well, this. I think when I when I hear you, it's like what's happening is you're you're building community, you know, like we used to have, you know, years and years and years and years and years ago, you know, before everything became you know, well, just about the money. And I get we need money. And I understand that that's how these things operate. But I think, you know, like what you were saying, and I think you're, we're seeing the response of it in, in the nut, is it's a people like you that have, been, they were stuck in their homes when COVID was on. And they began to think, and, and they were like, yeah, but that's not what I want to do. I want to create this, but then I'm going to need somebody to, you know, showcase it but i don't know how to showcase it and lo and behold you know (laughs) jessica comes all the way from toronto and (laughs) sets up this thing called the nut and they just like happen to see and i go oh my god oh yeah you will you'll showcase this like how awesome you know yeah it's pretty cool i don't really have a connection i don't really see myself in it the way you see me i still see myself as the joe schmo who is just sort of on the you know i i haven't put those two pieces together yet a lot of people have kind of talked about the impact and stuff and how it's going and i'm like i don't really see it as one 
Um, well, let, let me let me pitch something to you. Sure. Uh, years ago, I started referring to myself as the concierge. Mm. And people say, why do you call yourself a concierge? I said, that's my life skill. I'm a concierge. What, you work in a hotel? No, no, no. I said, when I was traveling, you know, and staying in these big, you know, five, six star hotels. And I said, you know, when I when you wanted something and to go someplace and I said, you know, like if I wanted a cheap and cheerful place to have a great steak, I said, I didn't ask the people on the front desk. They're checking in, checking out people. But the person over in the corner in this little uh, this little podium called the concierge, you can walk up to them and tell them what you want. And a really good concierge says, hey, all you have to do for that is go down three blocks, turn right. It's going to look like a little shady area. It's fine. Don't worry about it. But go another block, turn right, and there is a steakhouse there. Exquisite. Some of the best steak. That's what a concierge does. He makes these connections. And so I think basically that's what you're doing. You're like the concierge, you know, people walk into the nut and it's like, oh, no, I'm, am I the owner? Well, technically I'm a concierge, you know, how can we put like curating? I'm a curator. I love it. I yeah. love it. Yeah. I curate like, um, yeah, that that's more. And because I don't take everything. Um, and I'm very mindful of like asking questions and, and mm -hmm. smart and, and purposeful with like what we bring in and why. And I also think about what people can get from like what's going to work for them and what they're doing um, and they're making. But yeah, totally. That's a yeah, it's um, it's a good way You're to a curator. I'm a conspiracy. We're doing great. <laughs> <laughs> we are. The world the world around us is very serviced. <laughs> <laughs> And very confused about people like us, you yes. know, but I think we're part of something brand new, you know, that's happening in the planet. You know, not everybody understands it, but I think there's people that are catching on. There's something new. There's something fresh. You know, it's like and even for people, you know, say, you know, I've said to people when they talk to me about, oh, so you must be going to be retiring soon. I said, I can't even imagine retiring like i can't imagine you know like they talk about spending their days on golf courses or you know going to beaches and i said i only got so much body to tan and then i'll be bored you know yeah don't really plan i mean the way that we're living i mean we have a lot of work right now and then if we're new but at some point it will be the creative and and the ability to give back and and do lots of things while also maintaining and growing and building on what we've already created here i mean when will that end why would why would it end what would be the point this isn't work <laughs> this isn't work you know um it's uh it's it's fun. well i met a uh, i because i i deal with donors uh, through operation smile um I, I met this uh, really elderly man he's in his 90s and uh, i said something about retiring and he looked at me and he said oh that's a north american uh, mindset mm -hmm. he said i don't I don't think retirement and he, he does all, he's still doing, even though he's in this high end care facility, he still has his truck and he's still going out. And, uh, you know, he said, Oh, I have some friends that asked me to, you know, could I, I'm a Mr. Fix it guy. And I just fix stuff and help them. And that's what I do. And then he said, when I have really some more free time, I build boats like model boats, like the sail ships. 
yep. or just, just course all by hand, just like, but he said, no, no, I, I don't retire. He said, there's too many people need me. He said, I can't die yet. He said, I got, he said, I got a list of chores to do for people that are longer than your arm. And I thought, wow, that gives you life. That gives you purpose. Well, yeah. What is he going to do? Sit around and read a book? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I had, I had another uh, uh, donor in, He's up, he's up in Chilliwack. And I went to, he said, you got to come visit me. You got to come visit me. You know, so I went to see him and I said, oh, really nice house. You know, you got a nice place. Yeah. He said, five years ago, my family put me in a care facility. My, cause my wife was, you know, having problems with dementia and she lasted two years. She passed away. And I sat there and said to myself, you hate this place. Why are you living here? And he said, so through my granddaughter, who has a friend, I bought a house and I moved out. <laughs> he said, I didn't even tell my kids when they arrived at the home to come and visit me, because they only come and visit me once a month. They said, oh, he's gone. They thought death. <laughs> he said, they were so upset. <laughs> well, like, where did he go? Well, in, in a U-Haul. What? You put him in a U-Haul? <laughs> <laughs> But he said, no, then they showed up at my door and they were like, God, what are you doing? What are you doing? You, you could die. He's like, I would die in a nursing home or here. I prefer here, you know? Yeah. And he said they wanted to come in and change and take out carpet and put linoleum. And he said, no, no, no. I have falls once in a while. I'd rather fall on carpet than linoleum. Trust me, after, you know, 80 plus years, <laughs> you figure that out. But he, he just, he's having the time of his life, you know? And, and he said, I've got control. And I'm saying, okay, this is what I want to do. And this is, you know, and, and that's good. That's that's the good thing, you know. But, yeah, I, I feel like there's a, it reminds me a bit of the thing that, I, I don't know, it's like an epiphany, I guess, that I had. After mm -hmm. we had done this for a little while, it was, um, as customers came in at the early times, we would talk about sort of what, why we did it and how it feels and I said, I started to realize that I spent so much time working or like, just kind of like, I felt so depleted that I had to recover from how much I was depleted and I needed money to do that. So part mm. of what I've come to realize is that the amount that I made, a lot of it was spent on recovery from the the, the work that I, and the sort of, I don't know if the abuse is the right words, it's not true, yeah. but the stress that my body was sort of under, which whether it was like, it had to feel like there was a reward so I sort of, it was like play hard, uh, what is it? Play hard, spend hard or play hard, work hard, play hard, I guess, or whatever it is. And it's like, that is exactly what it was. But when we did, started this and, and started living this way, I realized like when your life is just more balanced, you don't need to mm -hmm. spend time and money recovering from it. And you just like, and it was just sort of this like light bulb went off. It's like, how much time and money do I spend on mm. like making it worth it? And feeling yep. good after I've just like worked my ass off for six days at work, you know, yep. and, and and that sort of reminds me of what you're talking about with this older man. Like I can see myself feeling more fulfilled and having more energy and being more balanced for a longer period of time and living longer and being able to work longer because there's more balance. And I, so I think that that what you said about the whole fact of, you know, I, I, I was spending my whole life. And you've just captured, I think, the majority of people. I work, work real hard, and I convince myself, you're working hard like this so you can have a good vacation. So you can, you know, 
force, you know, get yourself onto an airplane that's overpacked and, you know, have the shots you need, go to a different country or to a beach for 10 days, be refreshed and go, oh, that was so wonderful, only to go back into the stress again and convince yourself, okay, if I work harder, this is the reward again. And it's like, whoa, hold on. I think we're on a bit of a, uh, you know, like a, a wheel with, you know, like the gerbil wheel. <laughs> it's just spinning, you know? Yeah, a little bit. And I think it's like, do we enjoy still doing those things? Yes, but I don't feel this like, I'm not only looking forward to it. I live in mm-hmm. each day and each moment a lot more. Yes. And yes. I, you know, yes, it's nice when I have Sundays off. That's why we're closed on Sundays. So there's a day where I can shut my brain off and just be with family, like in a way that I can't on the days mm-hmm. that the shop's open. But we haven't taken a vacation since we opened. Like we went mm-hmm. away for a few days, um, just, you know, but otherwise like we, and I, and I feel okay with that because I actually don't feel the need to, that I have to go. It would be really nice to go to the beach with my family. No doubt about yeah. it. I would love to go to Mexico, but I don't need to go to Mexico. And that's a really um, big difference. I think there you go again. I mean, you're brilliant. You know, it's, it's, you know, I would like to, I don't have to. I, ben and I were talking about that the other day. It's like, you know, we thought, oh gosh, we really haven't been away on a vacation like we used to pre COVID. But we moved here. We, you know, we moved out of New Westminster, which wasn't a bad city at all. And this is definitely more into, you know, the burbs. We have friends in Vancouver say, oh, you live so far out now. <laughs> which my response, Ben always gets embarrassed because my response is always the same. I said, well, who said I was inviting you to come and visit us? You know, oh. it's like, <laughs> but we're, 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 we go on like these, we, these mini vacations, you know, mm-hmm. where we take a day or two days. And I mean, we go to Golden Ears Provincial Park and walk around or, you know, just sit by the river and like, wow, okay, that's restful. That's relaxing, you know? And, and you know, will we go on another vacation? Um, probably, but not right now. You know, yeah. this is good. This is good. I've learned to say, you know, I'm, I'm content. I'm really content. I'm happy. I'm relaxed. Like you, it's like, I'm a lot more relaxed, you know? Definitely. Yeah, definitely. So, um, okay. I got to ask you this. How did you come up with the name, the nut? Oh gosh. Um, yeah. So it actually started with the, it was called healthy nut juice bar and cafe. So my dream, so there's two things more to the story. So there's, there's two sides sort of to the business I, I have learned. So one is what I think the business is going to be based on what I think it should be. And then what really happens, which is what the market tells you once you really open. <laughs> so <laughs> I had the plan um, pre-opening, obviously, that the the name ended up being the net. But my plan was to be um, a juice bar. I had no desire to make juice because I don't have a desire to make anything. But my plan was to have several different juices from different companies and to offer an arrange, array of things and and then to also have fresh bowls and fresh salads and, and healthy food options so that you come and get a good cup of coffee or you get fresh mm-hmm. juice and whatever. And so for me, it was like to be a healthy nut, like, you know, to be a bit nutty about eating healthy. And okay. um, and so I was t- I hired a brand manager to help me write everything and sort of capture, you know, um, what the essence and the mission was so that the business could succeed and make sure we sounded cohesive and help me with the mm-hmm. logo. And I said, you know, healthy nut will call us the nut for short. She's like, well, let's just be the nut then. And I'm like, but that doesn't really say anything. And she's like, but maybe it doesn't have to. 
maybe the mm. name just be catchy enough that it like lands for people. And I'm like, well, I want the logos a tree. And she's like, well, what's with the tree? That has nothing to do with nuts. <laughs> I was like, well, it does because it's a hazelnut tree. And she's like, what? And I'm like, yeah, like, so the, the personal story is, is that my, my family's from the Czech Republic and mm. hazelnuts is sort of one of the foods that sort of represents the, the area, at least my family and hazelnut trees are a tree that for me represent my dad. My dad's not with us mm. anymore. It's been about 12 years and I've kind of often just like carried him along quietly in my journey as I do things. And mm -hmm. I don't know, I wanted to have him as a part of the representation. And, and I felt like the roots of the tree are really the roots of the community. And so that when we come together, each little piece of that root is someone else in the community who contributes to the nut. And together we make wow. this massively strong tree that bears fruit, which is the hazelnut, that mm -hmm. is so much bigger and better and stronger on our own which is why i don't produce anything it's i mean we could easily find a distributor and have food that makes way more money and i could sell a lot more of and be rich already but i don't believe in that it, 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 mm. i need to do this with other people to even to protect myself from myself i can easily get caught up in making money but when i have to do it with others to succeed it, it forces mm -hmm. me to be honest and um and so that's that's really where it comes from and so the nut is really the fruit that's bared from the hard work and the connection of all of us together. And that if I don't have everyone else, we don't succeed either. There's a uh, there's a researcher at, uh, at UBC, and uh, I'll send you the link to it. She's uh, created, uh, she's done research and discovered that trees in a forest all talk to each other. Hmm. And they all support each other and help each other. And that they're, these huge trees are the mother trees. And that's why all these other little trees are grow around them. But the mother tree is the main source. But the nutrients go out. And each of the trees, though, supply nutrients to the other trees. And they talk to each other. And so, I mean, Are you saying I'm talking to trees now? <laughs> yeah, you're talking. You are nuts. <laughs> I definitely am. That's for sure. <laughs> I've been called the nut lady. This has been called the nut bar. Yeah. I always say, call it what you want. Just come, you know, just come and enjoy. Just come and meet, you know. I, when when I've been there, I, I always feel it's like, it's it's not just, a, it's like a meeting place. Uh, but not like, you know, some of, you know, the other big name coffee places around. It, it's more of a, you know, when you start seeing the products and people looking around and, and, you just think, wow, th this is like somebody's dropped by your kitchen, you know? Yes. yes. They stop and have a coffee, you know? And I, and I know you've said that if people wanted to rent the space, you know, after hours for a meeting or something like that. Like, I just think that's, yeah, like that's that's community. That's the way business was and, and should be, you know? What, how is that person who's trying to make it on their own or even enjoys, you know, creating something on the side, how do they take their business to the next level? How do they maintain what they're doing without having their own space? The nut is empty in the evenings and on one day on the weekends. Like why wouldn't we allow it to be available for other people to use and just cover our costs? It just, to me, it's like not everyone is gonna open a storefront. Not everyone right. is gonna get to this place and not everyone should or may want to. 
or they want to try and I'd love to support them and then, you know, go enter their shop and shop there when they open their own. It's, um, you know, it, it really only works when we all focus on what we're doing and do it well and don't worry about what everyone else is doing all the time. Exactly. Exactly. And I, I think, you know, what a, what a good uh, message to, to your kids, you know, it's just, and to kids in general, you know, I, I think you are creating something that, you know, somebody's going to pick up and go, Oh, wow, hold on. Somebody needs to study this. What, what is the success of this? And what is the, you know, plus you bring your, your wealth of knowledge from, you know, Bay street into little old, you know, Maple Ridge. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I don't know. I think business is more about common sense than anything else. And I think it's, it's, uh, I, I, I used to open restaurants. I was a part of a pub group that, um, ventured into the States back before nine 11. And, um, I was opening franchises there for them and planning to run them. And so I've been in the restaurant industry for, over 10 years before I hit my corporate job. That's what I did all through high school and university. And so I kind of have always had a passion for this industry, but I never really cared mm -hmm. much for the food itself. <laughs> so, um, so this is kind of like getting back to my roots in two places that I just love, which is, yeah, the like customer service in the way mm -hmm. of like serving others and creating space, but then also about giving back to the community. And, and when I focus on other people, I tend to be a lot happier myself. Yeah, and, and I, I, I'm the same way, but I also think people are starting to realize that. It's like, wow, when I start giving back, when I start, you know, helping somebody out or saying, oh, I, I might be able to help you with that. You know, there's something about that that I think it makes us healthier mentally, physically, you know? You know, it's just we start reconnecting. I mean, it, going back to the originally what you had said, I mean, you were in lockdown in Toronto. I mean, you were in a lot, you know, you couldn't go out anywhere. You didn't have parks. You didn't, you know, yeah. and it's that loss of connection for people, you know, mm -hmm. and, and looking at their value, you know, you know, why am I here? What's, what's my value, you know, and, and, and you're giving that to people. Um, I, I, oh, you know, I mean, I, I just think, the adventure of, you know, the nut is just beginning. I mean, this whole book, chapter, chapters, chapters are going to, you know, I mean, I, I, I think I'm excited for you thinking, gosh, who is going to walk through those doors one day and just say, hey, would you be able to help me with this? And then, you know, have a, something that you give them a little help and it explodes into a huge business for them. And, you know, their oh, connection is with you. I can only hope that that continues to happen. And we've already seen some, some major successes from the, from the small businesses and individuals that have come mm -hmm. in um, for sure. I mean, one of our, one of our makers is uh, Kirk's Kefir and no one is, if no one who knows the nut, if you know the nut, you know that I love Kirk's I'm drinking it right now. And, and it was <laughs> our friend is Kirk. I know Kirk, you know, as my friend and he was making this stuff and he, he was, you know, just giving it to us and doing it for friends and family. And when I met him, he was just venturing into selling it properly. And now he's in like, you know, tons of stores across BC and, and he's just, I was the first place that stalked him. And I, I really believe in what he's doing and watching him grow. He's just one of the examples of, Though I met him and he had nothing happening, and uh, and now I, I look at it and say, my God, like we had a hand in that, and yeah. that's just 
makes it feel so much more fulfilling. Like that is what life is about. That like yes, nothing more than that. And the money will come. Sure, I believe that if we do things for the yep. right reasons, we'll be taken care of. But I, I feel like that that's kind of irrelevant. It's hard to say that in a world like today, but it, it really yep. is. I've always the moment I stopped thinking about money was the moment money stopped being the problem. Exactly. Exactly. And, and I I tell people, especially younger people, that all the time. I said, don't take money out of the equation. You know, even, you know, I, I, I say if you're if money wasn't an issue, what would you do in life? <laughs> you know, if money wasn't an issue, what would you do in life? Other than, you know, you're some lazy ass that wants to just sit around and, you know, but I said, if money wasn't an issue, what would you do? Yeah. What would you do? It's like, oh, well, I would. Well, why don't you do it? I said, the money will always come. Yes, it will. Don't worry about the money. You know, I said, well, but my parents said, yeah, well, sorry, but screw that. Do this, you know, and then you say to yourself, like my friend Jessica, Mm. so what's the worst that can happen? That's a great, what's the worst that can happen? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I hear you again. I mean, Every t- the more you talk, I'm like, oh my god, yeah. Like you said, 9/11. I mean, you're doing this, and then 9/11 hit, and then you're doing this next part of your life, and COVID hit. You know? yeah. Yeah. So Good point. Follow Jessica. Follow her because if there's a tragedy or major something mm-hmm. happen, do what she does. <laughs> uh, we pivot. That's what we do. We pivot, and we're here for a long time. Um, I was asking Jason about, like, my husband about what. Um, something about the title. And he was like, you know, for you, it's like, go all in. Like just when you do something, you go all in and you do it till you're done. He's like, mm-hmm. and, and that's been like my experience. And uh, he's without him, we, I could not do this. I mean, we couldn't do this, but he just showed, he, he's the one who puts me up and, and helps me succeed on what it is that I have a dream. And, um, and he says that that's kind of the way to live. And so, yeah, I mean, if I, I encourage people, anyone who walks in the door that I get to have a conversation with or I get to meet is like, I encourage them to follow their dream and do what they want. Cause you can always go back to where you were before, you know, mm-hmm. if you've reached a level where you are, you can always go back there. It's really easy, but like, what's the worst that can happen if you take a risk. But I also think in all of this, you know, uh, that you've spoken about, you know, your husband, your life partner, Jason. And I mean, the first time I ever walked in there and I, you know, just asked, oh, what's this? He bragged on you, you know. Oh, this is right. She's brilliant. She's beautiful. And, you know, and oh, no, Paul, this is all her idea. I'm I'm, I'm just helping. I just help. I don't know. He always you know, says I'm, that. No, he's got his own. He has his own. Oh, you can tell. Yeah, you can tell. He's just like, it's. I, I don't think it's false humility, but I think he's very humble, you know. Oh, my husband is very humble. He likes to sit in the shadows and watch, and that makes him very happy. And we are very well matched. <laughs> You know what? You, I, you absolutely need that. You know, there's somebody who says, okay, I'm going to take a risk. The other one's like, okay, are you sure? Yeah. Well, I'm already out of the boat. So (laughs) that is definitely me. Jason is very spontaneous in day to day life. And he is the dreamer. He's the Aries. He's the dreamer. I'm much more practical, but I have, um, I'm a Virgo, but I have much, I do have this side of me that sort of, I, I like to take risks and, um, but I tend not to take them till I'm, like you said, like I'm already out of the boat. There's, when I make a decision, I just go and, yep. um, and yeah, I've learned to accept that as a, as a skill actually. So. 
Well, and I, honestly, Jessica, I think it's it, like you said, it is a skill and it's something you have to you have to learn. You have, you know, and, and you're learning this skill to be able to do this. You know, um, it, it's not easy, but it's it, it it sure is helpful. And we you and I, the Jessica in in our you know, you and I need, you know, the the Jason's or the Ben's that are like, yes. whoa, whoa, whoa. Just got a little question. here. <laughs> <laughs> Not going to change anything. Just want to ask the question. Oh, I don't like okay. those questions, Paul. They're really yeah. exactly. they affect my creative flow. I don't know how many times I'd be creating with my business coach and I'd come off of my meetings and I'd be like, okay, Jason, so this is what we're doing. And I'm like, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And this is how it's going to go. And he's like, well, I have a few questions. Like, no, I don't have space for your questions. My brain is, <laughs> is creating right now. I need to stay in it. And you can ask <laughs> questions later. Don't affect the process. Like. <laughs> Oh, ben always wait. gets the Brett always gets shocked when I'm reading emails off and look at it, and then I shout plot twist because he knows. Oh God, what happened? I said that's the way I handle when things don't go right. You know, it's like okay, plot twist. We're moving in this direction now. Where, Paul? Down that highway. What for? I don't know. I said it's sometimes when we're driving, he'll say, "Where are we?" I say, "I have no idea," but we're making great time. <laughs> I think that's kind of like being able to. To pivot, um, even you know, we talk about it a lot, like Jason and I, and even as people come in, I think of it a lot as the business. So as people come in as vendors or as you know, the nut is what it is today, but the nut could shift like you know so easily. And uh, I don't really have a plan. The only plan that I have is that it's a representation of the community and that we do it together. Um, and then mm. there's coffee because that part will never go away. But everything else about it will just be as it is. And um, there may be workshops here one day. We may have like, you know, um, yoga circles or, or other things happening. There may be educational things. You might see a market here. You might, you know, you might see um, fresh produce. Like I have no idea. But as the community unveils itself as things come out that people say, I have this as an offering. What do you think we could do with it? I say, okay, well, what do you want out of that? And mm. uh, and, and how can we help you achieve that? And then we create something together. And so I always say to Jason, I wonder how long this will last. <laughs> like, you know, and then, and then what, I wonder what we're going to be doing next. And and I think the business model really supports my creative side and my spontaneous side and the ability for me to just like play and have things be changing all the time because I get bored. And mm -hmm. uh, and so I do think that, that it's fun for us because we don't know how long something's going to last and we don't know if someone's going to outgrow what we do here or if it's not going to actually work out. Like we started with, you know, an entire business model that I shared with you. And I mean, what we mm -hmm. do is very different from that. Um, so, you know, it's uh, this it's very interesting. But when it's not about me and I'm not driving the bus down a certain road, um, mm -hmm. it tends to work a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> I, I you again you said you know like you know you're you're just developing something in you know in and for the community but i also think maple ridge itself is in a process of evolving you know um it's a funny story when we first moved here um of course my partner's uh he's he's uh from Malaya, he's he's from manila and um, so manila, in growth, like manila yeah. ontario no, no. Um, he's from uh, like the Philippines. Oh, Manila from the Philippines. Oh, I'll, I'll be okay. Yeah, continue. Yeah, no problem. Um, so, I mean, when we walked into a grocery store here, I'm like looking around, and it's all white people, like all white people. 
you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm like sort of freaking. He's calming me. He's like, oh, Josh, be quiet. I said, no, no, we need an Asian invasion. There's no Asians here. We need, there's no, we're, we're, you know, it's all white. We need, no offense to the white people. He said, would you be quiet? We're going to get attacked for racism. I said, I'm white. What do you care? <laughs> we just need more of your people here, you know? But it, I think that's what's happening in Maple Ridge. You know, we're, we're, we're multi, becoming more and more multicultural, you know? And I think that many of the countries that come to Canada and, and are represented here in Maple Ridge, you know, they get what you're doing because that's what you, they have happening in their countries. That their- is so true. That is so true. And that's actually part of where the model came from. It's sort mm. of like, you know, I think of when I go to see my family in the Czech Republic and I go to one of the, there's a little uh, suburb called Glanovitz at where we're from and, you go to that store and it's like all the people in the community that make something, their stuff is sold at that store and mm-hmm. you go there and they have what they have available is what's available based on what the community makes. It's not the other way around. Like, yes. Oh, we'd like to have a bagel. Great. Well, we don't have a bagel maker, so we have croissants. So, and it's like, that's exactly what the nut is. Like, I'm not going to just bring in a lemonade and make you an iced lemonade drink because that is what you desire. I'm gonna serve you something refreshing that's made by someone local that I know I can get and that has a purpose why I serve it. I'm not just gonna do it to make money and serve your need. We're doing this for the wrong reason. And uh, what we have as is, is, uh, available is based on what the community itself is producing. And and I think that that's, that's exactly where it comes from. And so mm-hmm. you, couldn't have, you couldn't have put those two together better. Well, I, I, and I, and when you go into a place like yours, I also think that, you know, like what you said, it's, it's like constantly evolving. There's change there. So something you might be serving today, you might not be serving tomorrow or the next week, you know, because um, we don't have any, but we do have this. And, and I think that's more life. That's more life. You know, I, I get, you know, when the big, the big stores and, you know, this is what we always get. This is what we always serve. But I think there's something more community about what you're doing, you know? Yeah. And that, that, really, yeah. Go ahead, Paul. But they, uh, I used to go to, I, there's a fruit market and uh, that I would go to in New Westminster. Mm-hmm. Once a year, they would have these lemons that you could eat the whole lemon, the peel and everything. It was so good. It was a special lemon. So, you know, I got a bag. I went back there the next week. Nope. We don't have any. I said, when will you have them in? I don't know. We only get them maybe once a year. So this time next year, maybe. <laughs> However, good marketing because I'll be back. I'll keep coming. Oh, well, I'm here anyways. Let's. I like your fruit. So let's. Oh my gosh. Oh, I love but that. that. But I can't. When when I did that, Ben was with me at that time, and he was look. I was. I came out and I was like, like, why wouldn't they just? He said, you don't understand. Like he said. In the Philippines, he said, when we go to the market, you know, yeah, there are certain things, but sometimes they they might not have that, so they have this. Yes. So you don't get all upset that they don't have that because they got this. Yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, and, and what are they going to do? Like, right now, you can overbuy anything that you want, right? So yep. you run out of stock. And so, well, in the Philippines, the, the tree only bears so much fruit. When it's done, it's done. And um, and so, I mean, for us, like, 
our our mentality is to function with as much as little waste as possible. So I may not have it available to if we all of a sudden get 50 people come in we weren't expecting, but I have enough over what I expect to be reasonable without going into a place of wastefulness. And you know, and so you're right, like I may be out of muffins, but I have, you know, cookies or maybe out of yeah. this and that, but I have four other options. And and that's exactly right because I want to be able to build an opportunity for us to grow and serve people. Obviously, this is a business. People are hungry. But I also want to be mindful of like wasting my money, which is Mm -hmm. what allows us to do this. And two, wasting product of a a hard working person who made it and also putting waste into the world for no reason. So, yeah, sometimes there's less available, but that's just us being mindful and considerate. There's always something here. You're not going to go hungry, but, you know, (laughs) we're not going to have 50 of them because that's just not reasonable. And it's just not how the world works in my mind. Well, and and I think for me, I mean, I don't know how you grew up, but I mean, we would stick our head in the fridge and be looking around and saying there's nothing to eat. And my mother said, excuse me? It's full. Oh, there's nothing what you want. Well, I'm not offering that today, and it's not a restaurant, so this is what we're eating today. Don't like it? Guess you're not eating. You know, it's like. And I remember when my son got to the age of being a teenager, he did the same thing. You know, it's like, oh, there's never anything to eat here. I said, son, this fridge is like a relationship. If you put into it, you can draw from it. So you should go buy some groceries and put them in, and then you can have them anytime you want. Said, I'd have to get a job, Dad. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. And he's like, okay, I'll be fine with the apple. I'm going to use that on my daughter. She's currently three, but when she's older. Yeah. Oh, trust me. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, for sure. I used to say when my son was growing up, I used to say to my wife at that time, man, if we're going to survive, we got to buy a wheat field and a cow. Because I said, this guy goes through more bread, cereal and milk. I said, I can't, you know, but Jessica, this has been wonderful. And and I really, really want people to, you know, check, check you out. Uh, I mean, people are listening to this all over the world. I know. So, I mean, if you're ever in Maple Ridge, you definitely have to go to the nut. Uh, you know, who knows what it'll look like by the time you get there. Um, but and meet Jessica and, and enjoy what they've got. You know, some of my friends, you that are on here that are into marketing and doing all that stuff, you ought to stop by and have a conversation with Jessica just about her the plan and how she does stuff. And, you know, when you come in, go up and shake Jason's hand. Just shake his hand and say Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) It's been wonderful. And uh, you will see me. You will see me. You'll get tired of seeing me, but you will see me at the nut. And uh, again, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh my goodness, Paul. I feel honored. I was, uh, I was a bit taken back when you asked me, I felt like, what me, you want, you want to interview me. Um, And so I really appreciate you taking the time and it's been an honor to to sit with you for an hour and to chat and I'm sure we'll have many more conversations like this. And so thanks for thanks for all you're doing. It's uh creating more vibrations in the world that we all need. So I appreciate you. Awesome. Have a great night. Thanks Paul, you too. Bye-bye.